Hello, welcome to another episode of the Boink Radio Podcast here on the Boink Network Discord server. Today is October 2nd. I've been told it is spooky, spooky-tober. I already forgot. Screamtober? Help me out here. Spooktober? Spooktober! Hey! <laughs> five, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. It is a little after 5 now because we just had a project brief from Zelta talking about RNA World. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, when we get it posted, I think I'm what? I'm, I've got one more to catch up on. I've got rake, rake search, searching for rakes. Why are we searching for rakes? In <laughs> <laughs> the RNA world. So we're getting there. Uh, posted on the same um, website or channel that you listen to here. We are talking about evil science. We got a, a bunch of news for you as well. Uh, and I like Boinktober. So we're going to go with Boinktober. Oh, that's good. I like that too. <laughs> host jamie go that other guy here is delta uh and we got a good crowd with us today for everyone listening you're welcome to join us every friday 5 p.m eastern where we talk about boink things bring your questions bring your comments bring your news bring your whatever the heck and we'll talk about it uh socially distanced (laughs) socially distanced absolutely i've got my mask right next to me if you want me to throw it on uh just in case someone like the kool-aid man bursts through my wall and i have to throw my mask on really quick well, I should probably put on my mask because I am. I, I'm. I'm at the tail end of having a cold. So. Oh well, what tea are you drinking to soothe your cold? Um, I I'm deciding to start mixing my teas now because uh, right, because they're all just really expensive black teas. And I bought five black teas, <laughs> and oh, actually, technically one's not black, but um, I think it's herbal, but. Uh, yeah, I bought five teas, and I better make the most out of them. So instead of having five weeks where I have a different tea, I'm going to have 32 weeks where I have different teas. And that's the power set of, for those of you that do maths, the power set of five elements in a set. So I'm going to be mixing all of my teas as they go on throughout the coming weeks. And currently today, I have mixed the orange pico, or P-O-K, or however you pronounce it, with the oolong tea. And I can say that it has quite an interesting taste. It It's smooth, like the orange pico, but you also get that sort of pasty herbal aftertaste when you have the oolong as well. What Does it smell like milk? No, because I didn't add milk in it. <laughs> oh, okay. No, and it doesn't well. smell like orange, because <laughs> the orange pico only smells like orange before you put it in. Uh, after you put it in, it just smells like tea. <laughs> awesome. Is it working? Are you feeling better? Are you um, dead yet? Well, I have a Barocca, so... What? That'll what did I tell you today. about making up words? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know you know those little tablets that you put into your water that fizz up and like they're supposed to help you rehydrate? Yeah. Yeah, I, love yeah, that. I got one of those, except it has a whole lot of vitamins in it, too. Is Baraka the brand, or is that just what you call them? Uh, It's the brand, but we also call them Baraka. They're they're just called effervescent tablets. Oh, sorry, effervescent tablets. It's like a possum and possum all over again. (laughs) So, (laughs) Baraka (laughs) A-Rocka. Well, I'm glad glad things are working and you're here with us this week. I know it's really early for you, and if you're feeling sick, one of the least things I like doing when I'm sick is waking up. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> well, Cheers. I'm feeling mostly better, but I still have the sniffles. All right, let's go. All right. So this week, uh, we'll kick off with the Boink Workshop news because uh, there was a reason for it, but I forgot. Uh, we're, we're moving along. 
<laughs> it is going to happen as a virtual Boink workshop. It's really cool. Uh, we got a bunch of people working out or working together to get this, make this thing happen. Uh, we've all had several meetings at this point, uh, but you are still welcome to help. Welcome to join in. Uh, you can go to boinkworkshop.org, fill out the form that is on one of the links there on the sort of description of what we're looking for in terms of help, and get in, get involved. Yes, we're all working out. We are doing boink work with the irons and the 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 things that are that are heavy. Uh, we're and doing the GPUs. monsters and the GPUs, just we're monster tasks, two hundred day tasks with all our GPUs. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, get involved. It is coming along. It's pretty cool. Um, Chip, I saw your mic go off. You trying to get in? No, no. no. Okay. Uh, otherwise, we got blank news. What do we got? How, how much you crunch, bro? <laughs> uh, I lost my links. Delta, go ahead with yours. Uh, okay. So, uh this is uh, not Boink related, but it is very close to Boink. Fold it. If any of you here play Fold it, you'll know what I'm talking about. But if you want to know what Fold it is, go to fold.it. Uh, it is a puzzle game that is working on folding proteins to help find solutions to various diseases. And uh, they've released their 13th lab report. And it's been one year since they started doing their lab reports. And they're happy to report that they now have a possible antiviral drug candidate for coronavirus, and they also have an anti-inflammatory for the coronavirus as well. And uh, both solutions will be manufactured and tested at the University of Washington's Institute for Protein Design in Seattle. So very promising stuff coming out of Fold uh, It. And I believe the University of Washington is also the place where Rosetta is putting its uh, protein candidates. Yeah, uh, Foldit is actually uh, run by some of the same folks that do Rosetta at home. So there you go. You didn't even know it, but it is very blank related. Uh, yes, the, the, thank you, Chip. The link to the website is in the chat here, and also their Discord. Check out their Discord. They do have a nice uh, community going. Uh, with the, it's pretty fun. It's just a game you can play with science. So there's a lot of people in there just doing some fun stuff. Uh, you don't need to be a scientist to be doing it. Yeah, uh, it's actually pretty simple, and you get to learn a lot of stuff about proteins, too. I'm surprised you haven't given a shout-out to Zooniverse yet. Come on to Zooniverse, Zooniverse.org. <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar to Zooniverse and other sort of citizen science projects. Um, yeah, cool. Good to see stuff coming out of them. Um, all right, I got something coming actually out of Rake Shirt. Rake, Rake Shirt. Rake, Rake Shark. Search. <laughs> rake search which uh does have a project brief up so check it out but uh there you might need to translate this one for me because i don't really understand what this says but as a result of the sat cms experiment they found 20 uh 29 pairs of orthogonal diagonal latin squares of the of order 10 ah yes yeah the order 10 project um yeah so they've they're looking for latin squares of 10 by 10 if you want to know more about latin squares you can uh, listen to the project brief uh but yeah so they're, they're going through the searches for i think 10 and up now so i think they might be just finishing off um the 10 sorry i got i got distracted by the, the take me to church <laughs> except it's break me to church 
Uh, all right. Well, cool, cool, cool. It's nice to see news coming out of a project that is not one of the major ones that puts news out every week, which actually I don't have a lot of world community grid news this week. Do you have any world community grid news this week? Uh, I think I do. Let me just open it up. Uh, I did see a tribute to, uh, uh, Ian Lawson Van Tuck, who, uh, passed away in his graduate first year of graduate school in 2007 uh and it has a fund named after him which is helping young scientists launch their career in cancer informatics which is pretty cool i'll post a link to the description uh below um but other than that i have no world community grid news uh, I have a couple, but it's not anything really interesting. Uh, they're just announcing some beta testing on their sarcoma work units for mapping cancer markers. Um, they did provide a little update saying that they're still making progress. Um, they're also working on research papers. So hopefully we can see some research papers soon. Uh, then there's so uh, for the Smash Childhood Cancer Project, we have also beta testing has been completed. So they're happy with their beta testing, and uh, it looks like they accidentally cut off part of their paragraph. So I don't know if they want to check that out. No, <laughs> I'm going to assume you can get those work units now. Yes, uh, Smash Shovel Cancer resumes sending and receiving work uh, with community, World Community Grid on September 22nd. So it should be all awesome. good now. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's probably coming from their, their email thing that anyone can sign up for yep. where they send you updates. Yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> awesome. World Community Grid is great with that sort of stuff. Uh, but I guess there's not a lot of news this week. I have something coming out of SR Base. Have you done a brief on SR base? I don't think I have, uh, but I do crunch it a bit. Well, on the 6th of September, a member of Team Gridcoin found the last prime for base S406. The prime, which wow. is huge, has 1,417,027 digits, and it has been entered into Chris Caldwell's The Largest Known Prime Databases. Lovely. That's a lot of digits. Fantastic, and it's the last base of it as well. So we've completed a whole base. What does that mean? Find out on the next project brief. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can wait. I can wait. Uh, that is all the news I have. You got any more? Unfortunately not. <laughs> slow week. Uh, Spooktober starts slow, ends great crazily, I, I guess. It means it's the start of the evil science season. So what Woo! evil science are we going to be doing on Boink, J-Ringo? Well, here's the thing. You can actually do evil science with Boink. So what's stopping people from doing evil science on Boink? Because Boink exactly. is this beautiful permissionless system that anyone can jump in and make a project on. So what's going on? Why isn't there more evil science on Boink? <laughs> yeah, there's a demand for it. It's, it's, it's October. <laughs> I think part of it uh foxy says legit that's a great question <laughs> I think part of it is boink isn't really well known uh another part of it is it, you can make a big evil project but then you need to get people to crunch your project uh and in, in this open source world this permissionless world people have to build up reputations and convince people to do their work right so if you're just like some unnamed unknown person that jumps up and makes a boink project and first of all if you make it like evil at home 
No one's going to crunch it. <laughs> uh, but... No, but what if evil stands for something? Like electric oh. vehicle uh, installation something. Come on. Oh, you had it, man. <laughs> I don't know any else. To create a project like Minecraft at home, you know, something called something hip and uh, with the kids, maybe just as a front to, you know, do some um, do some evils. Right. That's the alternative. And <laughs> oh wait, are you guys actually like the most evil project out there? Yeah, yeah, totally. That, that's that's our new brand. Yeah. yeah. See, the, Darn the thing is, I don't put in power. <laughs> I don't believe you when you say it because your stuff is looked over. It has so many participants in this open source world is based on that sort of concept. And there's so many people doing something and looking at something. It becomes the more and more people that look at it, the harder and harder it becomes to actually do uh, evil, uh, evil things. So if you actually started doing malicious stuff with your uh, work units at Minecraft at home, someone would notice eventually. And then you'd all be screwed, right? <laughs> so, it, and it ties directly to you guys because you are real people who've identified yourself as such. So if some anonymous person comes in and makes this this underhandedly evil boink project, well, people are going to hesitate because they're anonymous. Uh, they're going to hesitate because no one has crunched it and verified the work. Uh, and they're probably going to hesitate because they probably aren't making their project open source. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting uh, topic, right? I mean, there's, there's no there's no commission watching over us and making sure that we're not we're not being not being bad, um, and and yet we're kind of thrusted into people's uh, onto people's computers. I mean, we can we can run whatever we like on on our communities. Uh, uh, machines, and there's a great deal of trust that's placed on us to do that. It's it's um, it, it's really surprising that the Boeing community is is free of any kind of anarchy, um, and it'll be interesting to understand why there isn't lots of malicious projects and people trying to to farm bitcoins off unsuspecting uh, victims with the the guys that they are curing coronavirus or something. Um, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting topic, that's for sure. The one project that did mine Bitcoin was very open about it's mining Bitcoin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was called Bitcoin Utopia. <laughs> yeah, so, and it has to be excluded from the stats as well because it makes such a huge impact on the on the overall statistics. Yeah, and, and Koshi does give uh, a good point in the chat here. Uh, they say that if you give high credit, people will still crunch it. So there's that gamified aspect to it. But there, there's still that, they'll just like, I don't know. Would they? If you knew it's an evil project and evil, defining evil science, uh, it's either maliciously hurting, basically what Chip described, it's based, uh, maliciously, it's either harming the cruncher by putting like malicious data on their computer when they went through their work units, or it's like um, doing science that is questionably ethically uh, sort of stuff. So it's, or simply it, just running code that harms other computers or other people. There you go. It's trying to crack passwords, uh, that sort of stuff. And the ethical question is is a different level, I think, than the other two, where it's either injecting malicious soft or software onto the cruncher's computer or trying to directly harm someone else through uh, distributed computing. Uh, actually, mentioning the passwords, um, cracking cracking passwords. Uh, that can actually be a good thing, but not in the sense of actually cracking real passwords. But 
I'm talking projects like I think Yo-Yo at Home has a sub-project that does ECMs um, or elliptic curve cryptography. And these projects are somewhat important because if you can crunch these uh, crunch these projects to break these higher and higher levels of encryption and higher and higher levels of like numbers that are used in modern day encryption, then it keeps our encryption standards high enough and keeps them pushing them forward and keeps pushing cryptography forward so that we get more and more secure computing in the future. Yeah, that's that's more of a white hat application of. Uh... Would be it's not like they have a uh, database of usernames and they're trying to break through all of them with Boink to get access to everyone's like bank accounts or something. Uh, they're more being the watchers. You know, Chip mentioned that. Well, who's watching us? No one's really watching us, and still people are are playing nice. Well, Boink is actually watching the encryption industry, being like, well, if we can crack your encryption protocol with. Um, a dis- massive distributed computing network, you probably want to use a different <laughs> method of encryption. Uh, Crunchy Haggis brings up Enigma at Home, uh, which was an amazing project. They actually completed all their work. Uh, they finished cracking all the Enigma codes from World War II, all the remaining ones that were not cracked. Uh, and that was really interesting. I remember crunching that one. Uh, another one on the same realm of Delta, what you were talking about was Moo Wrapper, I believe. Uh, I think so. White hat yeah. encryption work. Um, I was going to say uh, the evil can span beyond Boink itself because uh, I think there was one instance in in the past where someone was doing like some sort of like vigilante stuff or something like that where they created a botnet, but the botnet ran Boink on it. So people would unknowingly have Boink installed on the computer and do science in the background without them even knowing. And so that's the um, extended malicious aspect um, of evil science. That's really conflicting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's true evil scientist stuff. Oh, man. It is a weird... I'm like, I didn't really think about this topic till we started talking about it. And it's like, why isn't there more evil stuff on point? What is keeping people from making, like, nasty projects? I think it's it's twofold. Um, a, it's it it is pretty complicated to set up a project. It's it's not a uh, there's not it's not easy. Um, so there might be just kind of diminishing returns at that point. Uh, but really, I think um, I think I think I think the main thing is do, do people who are, are on the existing projects do they do they do they care? What is being run on the the machines? I mean, I, I I would hazard a guess that if you surveyed the users of some of the top projects on Boink, I, I think the majority of them would respond that they they do not know slash do not care what is being run on their machines while they're part of these projects. Um, so yeah, is is it is it a problem? And I I don't think it's ever going to be a problem because no one is going to ever ever kind of raise the flag and say eh, this is a bit this is a bit sketchy. You know, there's something wrong about this. You you, you don't really get it. It doesn't it doesn't really happen. I do think it's a valid question as far as security concerns go, though. Um, Since it's basically remote code execution on the um, computer of the volunteers, like, even if no one here would ever even think of doing something like that, I think it's still a valid question of, as far as um, security goes, like, how do you retro or proactively prevent something like that? 
Yeah, but we went a long way. Like we can actually put everything in virtual box or put it in separate container and so on. So I don't think today mostly a concern mm -hmm. because there is so many ways to actually mitigate uh, side effects. Yeah, and so we can now talk about security. What what parts are, is Boink safe? What parts of Boink are safe? How is security um, made in Boink? And uh, the the very quick and most uh, um, obvious ones that come to mind for me in the technical aspect is, first of all, most of the stuff is open source. So what you're downloading is executed, uh, sorry, is compiled open source software. So you can go and see the actual software itself, check whether it's it's good, compile it yourself and check it with the, the application that you receive on your end. Um, then uh, also the fact that someone did bring up uh, virtual boxes and virtualization and containers. And basically what that means is instead of having Boink just running straight on your computer on your operating system with all your files on your computer, what you'll do is, is you'll separate it into its own little virtual sort of computer on your computer and run it in that. And so it doesn't have access to all your files. It doesn't have access to all your everything. And even if something does go horribly wrong, which I don't think has ever happened in Boink, it doesn't break your computer, but it breaks the virtual computer. Yeah, I, I agree with that from a kind of a procedural point of view. But again, I think that goes back to the evil computing side. You know, if, if something is in a virtual container or a virtual box container, um, or VM, whatever it is, there's no real way for the user to, to kind of dig into that unless, you know, it's a passwordless machine and they haven't put any effort into encrypting anything or that, you know, that there's no kind of obfuscation as to what's going on at all. So I, I, th I think it's it's kind of just like a two a two sided. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a double edged it's a double edged sword, right? I mean, you're gonna hit, you're gonna have a, a situation where it's more complex for the user to understand what's actually happening, but it there's less chance of it damaging the the user's machines yeah and this is like it, it's a pretty important conversation because if we're talking about getting boink out into like uh institutions uh, universities and, and corporations who are running who just have idle hardwares all the time like they, they operate in buildings that house computers and chairs for half the day uh they're gonna want to make sure their stuff is secure so it it's in it's an interesting way to share. It's an interesting thing to try and convince them to install this open source Boink software and then sign up for a, a project. But at the same time, they would totally sign up for something like World Community Grid, which is run and uh, validated by IBM's security team. So part of it comes down to reputation within the space, which is what I was trying to get at before. Like you can't, if someone just comes in and makes a Boink project, there's going to be some people that go crunch it and, you know, play around with it, but it's going to take a while for them to actually convince people to uh, jump in to the project right away, unless you run M uh, Minecraft. Like, that That blew up really quick. That was ridiculous. It gets all of the kids interested. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it, I think that that's a, a differentiation there. If you're Going to an established entity like a, a university saying run Boink, you're going to have a different security discussion with them. And then if you're just like run a project that gets a bunch of kids interested, you can really probably do whatever whatever you want. <laughs> it's amazing that people don't do bad stuff. Yeah, I was going to speak to that since we we're talking about Minecraft at home, but 
uh, from my experience, it usually takes us a few weeks from the time we're done writing the code to getting it actually in production, uh, partly due to security concerns to make sure we can validate everything that's been written um, <clears throat> and also to test that it works since it's open source and everything. But um, that's kind of one of the things we've been thinking about a lot over in Minecraft at home is, you know, with all these people signing up and just giving us access to their computers, we want to be really careful about what we yeah, it's, it's yeah. up to the it's up to the project, I think, to implement a lot of these controls um, to ensure that you know several people have eyes on on a change before it's made. Um, but I, I think if these these large organizations are using Boink, you know, people people like IBM uh, who have the resources and the security uh, teams who who look over everything that they do, it would be nice to see them kind of contribute some of that back. Um, and maybe start to incentivize uh, other people to go in and uh, find problems with with Boink to help out the the community. Um, I, I don't see much of that right now, but I'm, I'm imagining maybe some future where there's a bug bounty program or or something or some budget to to do to do that kind of stuff. Well, IBM actually does uh, support Boink quite a bit. They're cutting back a little bit uh, in like the last year, but they do. Uh, they run World Community Grid, and World Community Grid would not exist unless they did a security audit on Boink. They also have several employees that uh, help develop Boink, um, but there could definitely be more. And at the same time, IBM did just uh, develop uh, homomorphic encryption, which is a pretty big deal. So a lot, I think a lot of these security questions are going to disappear in the future as distributed computing becomes more of a like a thing that actually is used by people that aren't just hobbyists. Uh, I, I think there's going to be technical developments that are going to completely destroy any security concerns that people have. Because at the end of the day, we're running some of the largest supercomputers in the world. People are going to want to tap into that, and they're not going to tap into it unless they uh, are confident that they're not going to lose all their secrets. And then there's also the human aspect of security in just the area of trust. Most of these projects are, are made by scientists who want to maybe complete a PhD or they have some sort of research that they want to do. And in creating these projects, they are focused on just getting the science done. And so um, I think the the main area of trust when it comes to Boink and contributing your computing power to Boink is purely just because you know that it's a scientist, they want their research done, and I'm happy to help out with their research. But this goes, this, that taps into the last, the, the third sort of ethical question about evil science. How <laughs> do you know that scientist isn't super evil and trying to, to kill everyone or something like that? And that's about explaining and communicating your project. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to, to be able people. to verify it. They could explain and communicate that all they're trying to do is that cactus and Minecraft but really, what you're doing is trying to stack nukes on Florida. <laughs> well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. For the, for the record, Minecraft at home is not trying to stack nukes on Florida. <laughs> we deny these allegations against us. <laughs> I take it back. But the point remains. There has to be some way to, to, to verify that what you're doing as a cruncher uh, that the, the files I'm generally getting are uh, legit to the science that is I'm being told is being done. It's just how open source operates. I will use open source software that I have not read the source code to 
largely because I can't read source code, but I'll use it if a lot of other people use it and who can't read source code. And particularly if someone whose opinion I trust has read the source code and vouches for it, then I will use it sort of stuff. I'm wondering if there's any way that system can get incorporated into Boink. Yeah, I, I would like to seek some kind of sandboxing um, of applications built directly into Boink. That would be nice. What's the the project that ran uh, WooProp? Basically, just tested users' hardware. I'm wondering if there's not a way to make a Boink project that just fuzzes Boink work units <laughs> to see if they can't break them or see if they do what they do. Say they do. Interesting idea. Hmm. But then, how do you verify that that project is enabled? <laughs> oh man, circles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Flaming Wrangler. He mentions that. Florida already has hurricanes and floods. Oh, then he says nukes good. <laughs> Look, nothing against Florida. It's just the the state I thought of. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I think this all goes back to you know if 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 people did verify what what applications did and sat there and made all of that information public to and available to to users who are running uh, running these projects, would the users care? I I I still I still think that if we were to survey users. I think the the grand majority of them don't care. I I think in our specific case, it's a lot different than in most other blank projects, to be honest. Since most other blank projects are much more like, um, you know, I don't know the right word. Um, like based in kind of colleges, universities, done for more actual scientific research purposes. Um, done by, you know, respected yeah, and. Uh, I would say people in our community are more interested in in kind of what our our projects are doing and what the uh, what we're trying to do. It's um, it's uh, a big point of contention, and people really want to kind of understand the the, uh, the tiny little nitty gritty technical details. And we have uh, various um, personalities on on YouTube, etc., who will go off and uh, make these these very detailed videos explaining the. The, all of these uh, uh, things that we're doing, um, but with these these more scientific projects, where it's 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 far more difficult for the layperson to understand what's going on. Um, I mean, it's 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 going to be the case of they they they've just agreed and they've got a bit of Stockholm syndrome about what they're actually doing because in reality they they have they have no clue. Um, I, I I think if you if you if you looked at uh, something like Folding at Home or any of these any of these huge huge uh projects not one well, faulting homes not bank but either way i i would i would imagine the grand majority of users are, are, are lay people uh to the to the scientific community and they, they, they probably couldn't begin to explain to you what they're actually doing that's fair what, that's what we're here for we're here to explain it <laughs> i'm not explaining work units to anyone come on <laughs> <laughs> i think you guys are, are both right like but at the same time, as distributed computing grows, uh, are there going to be more people who are concerned about it uh, and, and just like sort of white hat people, like being concerned for other people about what they're putting on their own computers and like seeing the larger implications of if there is actually, if folding at home, which is a giant like project that taps into corporations and individuals if that was compromised in some way like that's a pretty big deal uh so being able to see the larger implications or or world community grid is another great example uh will those people verify 
uh, invalidate work units for other people. But at the same time, they're chip to your point earlier, there kind of has to be an incentive for it. And it, it sounds like there should maybe be an organization uh, that takes money in through some means and it uses it to incentivize bug bounties. Uh, whether it's IBM or some uh, yet to be established organization is, is another story. One thing that does come to mind to me is that I think for a lot of projects that people run, um, you don't get the instant gratification once a work unit is completed that what you've done has contributed to the project other than seeing the credit amount. Uh, but for I know for some projects, like our Cactus project, for example, um, we actually had the data sitting on the website. You could go see it. And you know we had, I think one user had posted a validator program that uh, I forget who wrote it, but uh, they can just punch in the data and get, you know, the seed and coordinates where they need to go, and they can go validate it themselves to Good see point. that it did yeah. what we said. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a difference between uh, projects. I mean, I think, I think there's there's projects on one side of the fence and several projects on the other side of the fence that don't necessarily make the data available to the users about about like the results mid execution until the paper comes precisely precisely yeah like a year and a half later too (laughs) yeah i i think that that does carry some weight especially the just being able to go punch in the seat it's like i did that so i feel more secure because uh here's the result and here's the result of the result like I, i get to see it right away i think that definitely carries weight Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it definitely comes down to like instant gratification uh, after you finish it too. Makes, you, it, you can, makes it tangible. Yeah, yeah, because you can you can have gratification once it's all complete, and you're like, oh yeah, my, I contributed to that paper at the end. But when you have instant gratification right after you finish that work, then that can incentivize you to put more trust into that project. <laughs> Neil says, add a ding soon after each uh, each work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> I think folding at home has something similar where you can kind of see the over time the graphic of the protein builds up. So, yeah, yeah. you can do that with Boink. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, the, the show graphics. graphics. <laughs> the show graphics. That, that's, uh, I, I keep bugging, uh, I keep mentioning here projects should do the, um, make some graphics for their, for their work units because it makes it so real and so tangible to the user to click show graphics and they say, Wow, look at that protein. And then they go to their, their friends or even for me when I was starting out Boink, I showed my parents and said, Hey, look at look at all these stars that I'm discovering on Einstein at home. And I'll say, like, Holy crap, what are you doing there? That's awesome. <laughs> Those little GL applications that show information about the uh, the work units, they, they share some memory with the the running application and it's uh, the science application and it they they they're quite difficult to to make from what i understand um i think we we had a few gl people uh who who kind of knew OpenGL pretty well uh at minecraft at home uh who were tasked with making yeah. a few graphics apps for our project our, our applications and they, they 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 gave up mostly because it was just too uh, I, I think that was more just out of laziness than anything else yeah. uh, to be honest <laughs> possibly but uh, it probably attests to the fact that it's not the easiest thing in the world to do all right. Do you think we should wrap it up, Jeringo? It's dinner time. I will point out that uh, <laughs> it's Koshi... breakfast for me. Coach, <laughs> <laughs> she mentions the uh, the good old SETI graphics, and it is the the graphics are one of the main things that was built uh, with Boink. It was in the initial proposal, if I understand correctly, that they're building a visual science system. So, or a a, 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 
a distributed computing platform that will get people interested through its topic, which is aliens, but will prime its primary focus is to visualize science so that people who do it will get interested in science again and for sort of try and drum up the same enthusiasm that the Apollo missions drummed up in the uh, 60s. So it's it seems to have been lost over the years. Like that point of, of boink, of SETI at home to get science engagement going. And, you know, this is why I love you guys' project so much, Minecraft at Home, which is just like, here's distributed computing. It's not like science, but it gets people into distributed computing. You mentioned earlier in the chat, I saw a scroll by, you guys have like 30 petaflops of extra computing power if you could throw that somewhere else somehow like that's a legitimate thing though like i i would like to understand if that's possible uh can we use our idle capacity on our on our blank network to contribute to other projects that's that's a totally serious yeah. thing we should be looking at um because there will be times where we don't i have mean stuff to, to stuff for people to run like on its own, um, the argument for why we're not just wasting um, computing power is that we're getting people interested in distributing computing and we're introducing a new demographic to it through an interesting topic. But actually contributing to other projects when we aren't running work kind of takes that from just a argument um of like principle to an actual reality of well actually we're getting thousands of new people um to run distributed computing and um we're actually contributing to projects which are beneficial towards real science yeah absolutely like watching the the trickle from you guys run out of work units to how many people then when you guys are out of work units go to other projects uh, yeah, we, we've, been, we've been directly advertising the wealth community grid for for exactly that reason because I, I think i think personally i feel a bit bad that we have all this idle idle stuff sitting around but that was one of our original missions was uh, exactly what uh, what sonic says um trying to introduce new people to this uh and i think even several of our developers who have who've written uh, code for boink everyone's everyone's new to it uh and they've already been writing pull requests for, for the blank platform itself. So that will be uh, making a direct impact on the community. So that's good to see. Amen. And that note, we will wrap this thing up. Uh, the longer discussion than I thought it would be on just evil science. I thought we were going to shoot the shit about like mad scientists <laughs> doing crazy things. But I can, I can talk about my friend doing some evil <laughs> science because he's the true evil scientist. What do you do? Real quick, what do you do? Okay, so he built up, like, you know, you got the paddle pop stick sort of, like, sculpture sort of thing. God damn, stop making up words. What's a paddle pop? Okay, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> ice cream stick, the little wooden gotcha. sort of okay. stick. Okay, <laughs> he made a little pop. tower out of them, and he, like, glued it all together, made it nice and pretty. It was a little bell tower. And then he sets it on fire. Oh, <laughs> Evil, but no, he's, evil man. he's a he's he does quantum <laughs> physics, and he has the most evil science ideas. Well, and also he it, also he set it on fire. He set that he set that paddle pop stick tower on fire using his taser. That actually sounds really fun. I would like this friend of yours. <laughs> okay, actually, we we tried to make. Uh, we tried to make like a little electromagnetic like gun sort of thing, not anything huge that can kill someone, but we just wanted to fire a little nail like a, at least off the table or something, but we never got to doing it. <laughs> well, I'm glad my evil 
science of the last week is Delta. You'd be proud of me. I've been doing a lot of guttering. Oh, I mate, definitely I've did not put in. It's wet season. The rain's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I've done the guttering. Yeah. My layout, the evil part is my layout is definitely 100% not the most efficient layout I could have done. Yeah. Come to guttering at home. We'll give you the best. <laughs> and then we'll have to take down all the guttering and put it back up again. Oh, please no. All right. We'll see everyone next. Uh, maybe next Friday. Delta, we got to talk because I'm not here next Friday. Uh, but definitely in two weeks, every Friday at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern here on the Boink Network Discord server. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone, for coming. It's a good chat. Bye-bye.